This passage is a powerful word. But I think it asks us a question. A question about this very Jesus we've been singing about. What kind of Jesus do you have? Who is your Jesus? What is your Jesus? What kind of Jesus do you have? Do you have the good guy Jesus? Where he's just kind of a good guy to join you in life. Do you have the accommodating Jesus? Who, who really doesn't ask much of you? It's, he just kind of accommodates to what you already want to do and choose. Do you have the optional Jesus? He's just maybe today a better option than other things. Or do you have the dangerous Jesus? We don't think of Jesus in those terms. Some words we heard read to us today don't seem dangerous, actually. In fact, they're the type of words made for Instagram posts and for those of us who still use bookmarks, Bible bookmarks. But the moment Jesus uttered them, written all over them, was danger. You probably know what words I'm talking about. Seek first the kingdom of God, as one translation puts it. Seek first. That means everything else is second. That means everyone else is second. Seek first. It means a differential in priority that is intended to generate a differential in practice. These words from Jesus are actually a command for us to actually make some other words true. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This command is to make that well-worn prayer reality. It's part of why sometimes I just want to go through the Lord's Prayer slowly. These words are taught to make the place where God's will and His way and His want are actually effectual in our hearts and lives. And, and that means my ambitions and plans take a back seat. That means flipping upside down the priorities of life as compared to world around me. That means making God's way and want to be first before my way and want. That means placing the values of God's holiness, love, and peace over and above my desire for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Seek first. And with these words, Jesus messes everything up. Jesus, what is up with you? You mess everything up. 
he's really actually pretty good at that. Just read the Gospels. He's always messing everything up. Or at least it appears so. It feels that way, depending. That's all dependent upon what kingdom you are seeking. Because the truth is, you have a kingdom. Every one of us has a kingdom. We all have a place within us where we rule. That place of our will, that place of our want, that place of our vocation. And when we talk about vocation, we're not talking about your job. Vocation is where we live out what matters to us most. Let me say that again. Vocation is where we live out what matters to us most. Maybe in our jobs, not always. It is how we respond to whatever kingdom is our first kingdom. Vocation is what calls us each and every day in the practice of life. Vocation is where the idea of kingdom, what rules us? That's the idea. Kingdom, what rules us, actually materializes. The question we all are faced with is, okay, so what do I do with my kingdom? And who's going to rule over my kingdom? The truth is, it's because Jesus loves us that he commands us, each and every one of us, to seek first God's kingdom, to seek his effectual rule on our lives, his want to in our hearts. This is one way to look at it. This is a, a, a paraphrase of an idea from Walter Brueggemann in the form of a question. What is my purpose for being in the world that is related to and is an expression of the purposes of God? What is my purpose of being in this world? That's an expression of the purposes of God for my life and for this world. That's an important question. When you wrestle with that question, and I would encourage you, take a picture of the slide or write it down. When you wrestle with that question and you answer that question, Honestly, you will land on vocation. Your calling, your vocation, your purpose of being. So contained in this passage that we have here is the truest of vocations for every person aligning their life with the King Christ. Seek first his kingdom. Now, out of that seeking, we put ourselves in a position to respond to the distinct place we each have in fulfilling God's purposes in the world. My friend David Vryhoff offers me words that define best what means to seek first God's kingdom. And the first time I heard these was a couple years ago, but he said this, most simply, the English words believe and beloved are related. What we believe is what we beloved. Hear that. What we believe is what we beloved. Faith is about beloving God and that which God loves. 
I love that. The first thing faith is isn't some mental exercise of making sure I get the facts down right. It's first an act of love. Loving God first. But then also loving that which God loves. Faith is about beloving God and beloving that which God's love. So here's my question. Do you want to seek first the kingdom of God? Do you want to do what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 6.33? Then here's the simple, it's so simple, the simple answer. Love what God loves. Love what God loves. If you want to know what kingdom you are seeking in this life, ask a different question, which is this. What is it that I love most in my life? What is it that I love more than anything in my life? Well, back to the passage that Ben read for us. What a beautiful passage. I love, what I love about this portion of the Sermon on the Mount is the realism of it. Yes, there's the beautiful metaphors and all, but I love the realism of it. Because Jesus expresses very practical challenges people face. Nourishing food. Life-sustaining water. Protective clothing. Now, we read that passage, and I think sometimes because, like this morning, none of us woke up here lacking nourishing food. In fact, we had more than enough nourishment today. And I don't know, I think I tried a couple different variations of banana nut bread today that were great. We don't have a lack of sustaining water. But I remember when we went to Liberia and they were drinking out of water that we would never drink and that's why they were sick. I don't know about you, but I have a whole closet full of clothes that I would not regard as protective clothing, right? But Jesus is being very real here, especially for the people he's, he's talking to. Nutritious food, sustaining water, protective clothing. What is he talking about? He's talking about the basic needs of life. And what I would invite you to do is take this passage because context is always important as we read Scripture and bang it out a little bit. Go north a little bit, back up into the beginning of chapter 6, and begin to read down through that. And what you discover, read deeper into the context, and you can read into it all the needs we have in living and the needs we imagine that we have. Treasures, money, shelter. Now, needs are a tricky thing. They're a tricky thing, especially for our generation and probably my guess is probably every generation, because as someone said, whom I cannot remember, but someone said a long time ago, the wants of yesterday have become the needs of today. But Jesus spends eight verses assuring the listeners and us that he gets it. He knows what we need. He sees what we need. But here's my question. Why would Jesus go to great lengths to talk about the provision of God? Why would Jesus repeat over and over again, do not worry about your life? Do not worry. Why would Jesus make sure those who would follow him would not become anxious? 
or worrisome about the needs of life? Well, first, his directive, if you will, to not worry is not something punitive. Rather, it's an invitation, a welcome, an offer even to remember just who this God is we seek first. And that he is postured. God is postured toward us to provide all things. He's postured toward us with grace. He's, he's postured toward us. He knows us. He's postured toward our lives as they are. And the deepest needs we all have, and I don't know about you, but the deepest needs for me are not nourishing food or, or sustaining water or protective clothing, but I have some very deep needs. And he's postured toward us. This God who cares for us. I love this analogy. Listen to this as if you've heard it for the first time. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes, Jeff? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. It's amazing to watch the birds um, Kathleen informed me today that we have this serious problem with birds at the entryway. Birds want to go to church. <laughs> so they're gathering at the entranceway, and she said, these birds want to get in the church. I said, they're more real than most people, right? And so she's been monitoring the birds. They start on this side of the yard, and then they jump over to the railing at the entranceway, and they peek in. And she said, if no one's standing there, they're coming in, and then they go to the other side. A couple weeks ago, one of them did get in, and we had to kind of rescue this bird out of that area and get them out. But watch the birds. They function in total ease and assurance of dependence on the Creator. And what about the flowers? Like, like on, on the border of our property, we have wild lilies. I don't know what kind of lily they are. What are they? Tiger lilies. See, they're wild tiger lilies. <laughs> and there they are. They grow along the edge of our property. But they live in expectation of care. They live at ease of provision and expectation of care. It reminds me of Paul's words. You already heard them. If God is for us, can you finish that? If God is for us, who can be against us? Pastor Mary just alluded to that in the song we sang. And when we do repeat that, somewhere in there we can discover the courage and hope to say, yes, Lord, I will seek first the kingdom. 
Therefore, I, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Is not life more than fill in the blank? Is not there more to life than so much of what we think is important is not? Is not life more than fill in the blank? It is more than all these material things we worry about, whether they are material things we hold in our hands or those things we hold in our heart or our thinking or our minds that draw us away from God. Life is all about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well, all those things we actually need. But I think there's a second reason for Jesus making sure that any and all who choose to follow him are not to worry. And, and the reason is given to us in the verse immediately after the seek first God verse, verse 33. Verse 34, Brent Ben didn't read this one for us earlier. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And the next line is as true as you can find in the Bible. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He says that right after the command of seek first the kingdom. You remember these words, they, they don't seem dangerous. In fact, they're the type of words made for Instagram posts and Bible bookmarks. But the moment Jesus uttered, seek first the kingdom, they had danger written all over them. It may be my favorite moment from Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. In the original first book of the trilogy entitled The Fellowship of the Rings, Frodo thinks back to another time when he left the Shire and his wise and wild and old uncle, Bilbo Baggins, offered him this advice, which he brought back to memory as he embarks on the journey in the Fellowship of the Ring. Baggins said to Frodo, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. You see, I think that's why Jesus wanted them to know that God could be trusted to care for them and for us. Jesus wanted to make sure that fixed in their hearts and their minds was the picture of the God they were always taught to believe in and trust from the very start. See, God said to Abraham, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. I am the God of enough, the all-sufficient one. He wanted them to remember that. Dallas Willard said, where your mind goes, the rest of life goes with it. What we place our minds on brings that reality into our lives. If we place our minds on God, the reality of God comes into our minds. 
So you see, they needed their minds on God, these disciples. They needed to know, and we need to know, that God will always be enough. And that each day we choose to make our first choice as kingdom, God himself, actually present to us, will be the one who will walk with us. And that God will be enough, because every day has enough trouble of its own. And we need a present tense God. Why? Because you never know where God will take you, do you? You never know. Where is God taking you today? Where where is God taking you today? It's a dangerous business going out your door with Jesus. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where he might sweep you off to. It might be a career change. It may be a conversation with a coworker. It, it may be a new opportunity to serve in a more sacrificial way. It may require something of you out of convenience and comfort. It may be that you stop fighting that call to vocational ministry that you've been pushing against and pushing against and pushing against. It may be a year old or it may be 40 years old. The key is to remember who calls us and that we're all being called. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Well, in a little while, it's going to be time to go out the door. It's going to be time to step on the road. It's going to be time to be swept up and off our feet by the kingdom of God. It's that time. Thanks be to God. Where is he going to take you?